Yo, yo, yo! What's up? What's happening, everyone? I am your host, Ryan Allen, and welcome to All In, All Out. I hope that every one of you is having a great day and great start to the week. And I thank all of you for checking out this latest edition of the All In, All Out podcast. And whatever time it may be, morning, afternoon, evening, or the nighttime, I'm truly grateful and appreciative for every one of you who's listening to the sound of my voice right now, taking the time out of your day to listen to what I got to say. And if you're a newcomer, welcome. Welcome. I appreciate you giving the show an opportunity, and I hope I don't let you down nor disappoint you. So with that being said, let's get the show popping. So... For today's episode, I am going to react on the recapping of the 2022-2023 NBA basketball season. NBA, just in case some of you don't know, the National Basketball Association, because it's officially over. It's over! That's right. The season is officially done, and... For those who are new to the show, late last year, I did a NBA preview, prediction, standings, and all that. And just to give a recap of my predictions, I only did the the standings, the conference finals, and I believe I predicted who would win the NBA title. So just to give a quick recap. In the East, and just for the record, I I didn't predict the playing tournament. For those who know me, know that I don't like the playing tournament. It's a money grab. I truly believe it's strictly that because each team has 82 games to make the top eight seeds. And you're telling me that you need more games for the ninth and 10th place teams to attempt to get in? No, no. You get 82 games and you either make it or you don't. (laughs) But the preview for the playoffs, I will bring it up because that's just the reality of the situation. So for the Eastern Conference, I had, and I'm going first to eighth. I had the Heat, Sixers, Nets, Hawks, Cavs, Bucks, Bulls, and Raptors. For the West, I had the Warriors, Mavs, Nuggets, Clippers, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Suns, and the Timberwolves. Now, here are the results. Like I'm on Steve, the Steve Wilco show. <laughs> We're starting the East. The Bucks had the number one seed at 58 wins, 24 losses. Then the Celtics, the Sixers. I can't believe I didn't have the Celtics in the playoffs. Unbelievable. Shame on me. Shame on me. So Celtics were the second seed. Sixers were the third seed. Cavs were the fourth seed. Knicks, fifth seed. Nets, sixth seed. 
Heat, seventh seed, and Hawks, the eighth seed. So the only teams I got right, even making the playoffs, were the Bucks, the Heat, the Sixers. Let's see where else. And that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, and the Nets. And the Nets. So now, in the Western Conference, you had the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Kings. Now, that is a, sh- a shocker. And I want to give a shout-out to the Kings right now. <laughs> clap, clap. That's right. Because, man... The last time the Kings were this high in seeding, I believe was the era of Pedro Stojakovic, Mike Bibby, Chris Weber, Weber and Vladi Divac. And that was around 2002. So that's almost 20 years <laughs> since the Kings were that good. And then you had the fourth seed. You got the Suns. You got the Clippers. You got the Warriors, the Lakers. Very good for them. I'm happy. They started out the season 2-10. and 10. So for them to not only get above 500, but to get the seventh seed is quite impressive. The last time something similar as that happened was the first year Dwight Howard came to the Lakers. Steve Nash came to the Lakers. Unfortunately, that was the same year. Kobe Bryant tore his Achilles. And not many players... Oh, excuse me. Not not many people that I talked to believe that the Lakers would even make the playoffs. And even talking to my cousin at the time, who was a Steve Nash fan and hereby was a Lakers fan, he even said to me that he, he was happy with the season. I'm paraphrasing, but essentially he was saying he was happy with the season because not only did they make the playoffs, but they got the seventh seed. When that season was supposed to go downhill because they did not exceed expectations, let alone meet expectations. So very happy for the Lakers. They're the seventh seed. And then you got the Timberwolves at the eighth spot. And for the play-in game, all the play-in teams for the East, they are the Raptors and the Bulls. And for the West, They are the Pelicans and the Thunder. Now, before I get into the playoffs, let me real quick. Almost forgot to do this. I want to shout out these list of players, 10 players, who played 82 games this season. And the reason why I want to shout them out, because we live in a day and age in the NBA where dudes want to rest, where dudes want to take nights off, and they call it load management. That's how I feel. Dudes want to sit out. You know, I saw an Instagram post where a guy, where they showed Mikhail Bridges, who plays for the Nets, phenomenal overall player, two-way player, and they showed a stat where Mikel Bridges played a a considerable amount of games consistently. I don't remember the exact number, but it's head and shoulders above the, the second 
player on that list. And I saw a guy make a comment that he should be rewarded for that. And that just grinded my gears a little bit because I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, you want to reward a guy for doing his job? Excuse me, I don't get rewarded when I'm at my job in retail and I put together and finish a planogram and I do say two, three or four or five. No, it's part of my job. It's similar to people who congratulate dads for contributing and doing things that a father is supposed to do. No, you don't get a reward for that. You're not no super dad. You're a father. That's what you're supposed to do. And if you're a basketball, professional basketball player, professional football player, American football, professional baseball player, NHL, MLB, NBA, NFL, whatever occupational organization is associated with that, it's your job to play. You don't get rewarded for that. You ain't doing nothing unique. Maybe unique in this day and age, but no, it's your job. You're supposed to play. So I'm going to shout out these players right now. First player on the list, K.J. Martin, Tari Eason, Harrison Barnes, Mikhail Bridges, as I mentioned. He actually has played 83 games this season because he got traded essentially midway through this NBA season from the Suns. And he's the first player to play 83 games since Josh Smith. You remember Josh Smith, y'all? From the Hawks and then played on the Rockets. Mm-hmm. And that was back in 2014-2015 NBA season. So shout out to Mikael Bridges. Next person on the list, Isaiah Hardenstein, Kevin Looney, Jordan Poole, two players from the Warriors, Nikola Vucevic, Derek White, and Patrick Williams. Again, shout out to those guys who played 82 games. You're, you're the minority. <laughs> you are definitely a minority, and you put the NBA stars who are injured to shame. Now, let's talk about rewards. Let's talk about who should win these distinct rewards, such as most valuable player, most improved player, defensive player of the year, six-man year, and coach of the year. Let's get to that. Coach of the year. Pretty simple. I genuinely believe there's no debate in this choice. In my opinion, there shouldn't be. And that's Mike Brown. Mike Brown for the Sacramento Kings. Again, for those who don't know, the Sacramento Kings had a season this year, 48 and 34. The Kings haven't been this good since the Page of Stoyakovich, Chris Webber days. And the fact that not only are they the best team in California, not only have they won their own division. Not only are they a top three seed, but they're doing it 
the right way. They're playing the game of basketball the right way. They're playing hard. They're playing for the fans. And I like it. So Mike Brown, without question, should be coach of the year. Now, six man a year. Now, according to Woodward Sports, the top three picks for six man a year, you got Emmanuel Quickly from the Knicks, you got Michael Brogdon from the Celtics, and you got Austin Reeves from the Lakers. Not because he's the number one pick, well, number one choice, rather. My pick for the six-man year is Emmanuel Quickly. Oh, the Knicks, they have a top five seed. They played well this year. I don't believe they'll get past the first round, unfortunately, which is the same result as it would be the year prior. But Emmanuel Quickly, he's played very well. Average 14.6, 3.4 assists, and 4.1 rebounds per game. Not Jamal Crawford type six-man year numbers, but nevertheless, he's played well. The Knicks are a top five seed. Quite frankly, the Knicks haven't been that good in recent years, so it's it's better than nothing. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll accept it. All right. Next, Rookie of the Year. All right. So, okay, the top three choices for that are Palio Manchero for the Magic. You got Jaden Ivey from the Pistons. You got Jalen Williams from the Thunder. And my pick for Rookie of the Year is Palio by Banchero for the Magic. Again, usually for rookies of the year, rookie of the year, they don't their team usually doesn't do well in the standings. That is the norm because there were a lottery pick for a reason or a low seed for a reason. That's why they got the good players. The Magic were the 13th seed at 34 and 48. But Palio, he averaged 20 a game, 3 point, 20 points per game, 3.7 assists, and 6.9 rebounds a game. So, again, the first couple of years, handful of years where a player is in the NBA, that's the time to show what they're made of, to show off their skills, to show off their 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 defensive prowesses, their, their offensive prowesses. Are they a good leader? Are they able to be coached well? Do they have killer instinct, great IQ, humility, all that, all that. that that's the, the player's main priority the first couple of years. Yes, do you want to win? Of course. But the first handful of years, that's your time to show out. And he's definitely showed out and why I chose him to be Rookie of the year. All right. Defensive player of the year. Now, we know, unfortunately, and for those who are basketball heads, know that in this day and age, it's a game. 
where people don't want to play defense. People don't like locking down players. It's usually a thing only for the playoffs. You know, the day. You know, interesting fact. This season is the first time, I believe, since the 1960s or early 1970s, that no team scored less than 80 points. Imagine that. No team in the NBA out of all the games this year has scored less than 80 points. Now, if you were to ask someone or tell someone that stat, I'll say 10 years ago or 15 years ago, the days of the bad boy Pistons 2.0 with Chauncey, Ben Wallace, Tayshaun Prince, Richard Hamilton, where there'll be games where it'll be in the 70-point aisle many times. And now we are in a day and age where no one is scoring under 70 po- 80 points because people just don't want to play defense that much. So, and, and, and as someone who, as I got older in the high school and in college, defense, that was my number one thing because I got more pleasure locking someone up than scoring a whole bunch of points. And the thing about playing defense, y'all, for my young heads out there, young basketball cats out there, you're not always going to make every shot. You're not always going to make every layup, every bucket. But there's one thing you can't control, and that is defense. You can't control how you will defend the opposition. So I encourage all of you out there who are basketball players, starting out playing basketball, going to camps and all that, focus on defense. Focus on that because that is something you can't control. And as someone who's playing the game since the age of seven, I'm 24 now, and I will obviously admit I never played collegiate I didn't even play my senior high school for political reasons. But I can tell you with confidence that I do have a high IQ for the game of basketball. And I, I can tell you, I will tell you that focus on your defense. Focus on that. All right. So with that being said, speaking of defense, here are the top three choices for defensive player of the year. You got Brooke Lopez of the the Bucks. you got Evan Mobley, a guard from the Cavs, and you got Jaron Jackson Jr. of the Grizzlies. Jackson just didn't play enough. Evan Mobley didn't he, didn't... he didn't play well enough defensively and wasn't eye-opening for me to say, wow, very nice defender. But I would go with Brooke Lopez on this on defensive player of the year because out of respect, out of humility for him, because this was a guy who averaged 20 when he played for the New Jersey Nets, Brooklyn Nets. Well, they were in New Jersey at that time and was primary an offensive player. But now as a role player for the Bucks, 
he has taken it upon himself to have a defensive rating of 109.3, 2.5 blocks a game, and less than half a steals per game, point, 0.5 steals per game. So for defensive player of the year, I'm going to go with Brooke Lopez. Now, for most improved player of the year, I, I, I personally like this reward, award, excuse me, I personally like this award the best because I always enjoy and I appreciate players who improve, especially from the previous year to the following year. And I'm not even going to read off the other two picks, two choices, because with, without a doubt, <laughs> the choice for most improved player of the year is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Now, just to show you how much he averaged in his stats the year prior in a 20. 20- 21-22 season, he averaged 24.5 points per game, 5.9 assists per game, and 5 rebounds a game in 56 games. This season, 31.4 points per game, <laughs> 1 block per game from point eight, 1.6 steals per game, he was down in assists by 0.4 at 5.5. He was down in rebounds by 4.8, only 2.2 difference. He went from 81% at the free throw line to 90. He went from shooting 30% from three-point range to 34%. He went from shooting 45% from the field to shooting 51%. His minutes went up, not not that big, from 34.7 to 35.5. And as I mentioned, he played 56 games last year, and he played 68 games this year. So without question, Shea Gilgis Alexander is the most improved player of the year. Now, for the moment of truth, the MVP, most valuable player. And it's remarkable, this award, because it's pretty much been between three guys the last, I would say, two to three years. And those players are Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And it's tough. This well, I won't say it ain't that tough, but you got three great choices. Look, you got Joel Embiid. He had his Sixers team be the third seed, 54-28. He's averaged 33.1, which leads the league, 10.2 rebounds and 4.2 assists. And it's quite incredible from a guy who... Sat, not sat out, but he was injured the first two years of his career. Barely played his rookie year. And to now see him on an MVP level. 
for the last couple of years, it's, it's, it's remarkable. And it goes to show you that similar to Stephen Curry, if you remember Steph Curry, he was injury prone with his ankles and he turned out to be the first player to win the unanimous MVP. So as long as you stick with a player, you're committed with a player and you truly see the potential within that player, stick with him. Don't give up on him. And then you got the next guy in line. You got Giannis Antetokounmpo. He, again, led the Bucks to the number one seed. Half the season without his second best player, Chris Middleton. He's averaged 31.1 points, 11.8 rebounds, and 5.7 assists. He's a back-to-back MVP, regular season MVP winner. This would be his third. Looks great to me. And then you got the last person. You got the individual where many people believe that he'll win MVP because of the analytic nerds, as they call them, and his PER is at a level, high level. But look at his style line, Nikola Jokic. And again, he led his Nuggets team to the number one seed at, let me see, they were 53 and 29. So not as great as the Bucks, but the number one seed nevertheless. You can only play who you play. So he's averaged 24.5 points per game, okay? Not as much as Joel Embiid and Giannis. 11.8 rebounds. Same as Giannis, more as Embiid. 9.8 assists as a center. Uh, last time a center averaged that much assists was Will Chamberlain. <laughs> and he actually led the league in assists, by the way. That shocked me. And it's so incredible coming from a guy who was Drafted in the second round and was the 41st pick. And that just goes to show you, y'all, that it don't matter where you get picked. As long as you get picked, you just got to ball out. Look at Isaiah Thomas. Not the legend, but the left-handed player. He was the last pick in his class. He was the last pick in the draft. And he one season averaged 29 a game, close to 30 with the Celtics. So it don't matter where you get drafted. As long as you get drafted, you just got to ball out, plain and simple. So th- that stat line is incredible. For a season, 24 and a half, 11.8, 9.8 assists a game. And Jokic, he's currently... On an MVP regular season streak, he's won them back-to-back years, and winning a third MVP will put him in the same category as Larry Bird, which I believe is the last player to do that, win three straight MVPs. So if I were to choose uh, who will win the MVP, I personally would like for Giannis to win because he went, it's similar to when James Harden didn't win it that year, the year Steph Curry won it. 
because the Rockets, if I remember correctly, that season, I believe it was the 2014-2015 season, if I remember, where the Rockets were the second seed. James Harden didn't have Dwight Howard, his second best player for the majority of the year. And he just balled out. Balled out. And Steph Curry ended up winning that MVP. But I, I, I would go with Nikola Jokic on this one. Because, again, the stat line is incredible. They're the number one seed in the West. They don't have the best record, but they do have the number one seed. Granted, he's had his players. Giannis didn't have Chris Middleton for half the year. But I, I just believe, knowing how these writers and these voters are, just through looking at who's won them the last couple of years, which has been him, even to the point where one of the years the Nuggets were the sixth seed and he still won it. So just the fact that he's the, the Nuggets are the number one seed now and he got the stat line and he's got the record, there, there's, in, in my opinion, he will win the MVP. But personally, I want Giannis to win the MVP. Okay. Last but not least, the playoffs. Let's talk about the playoffs. I hope y'all still with me. We're getting there. We're getting there. So, for the playing game on the Eastern Conference side, you got the Raptors and the Bulls, and the winner of that will face the Milwaukee Bucks. Then you got the Heat and the Hawks, and the winner of that will play the Boston Celtics. We'll start with the Eastern Conference. I'm not going to go round by round, team by team. I'm not going to do all that. Not necessary. So my, But I will go to the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals, and I'll go to the NBA Finals. So... Who I got in the Eastern Conference Finals are the Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers. That's who I got. I originally, as I mentioned, had the Bucks in the Eastern Conference, but I had the Heat in my preseason prediction. The Heat, they just disappointed me this year. That's why it's important to have a... a, a a superstar player because Jimmy Butler, he is a star. Don't get me wrong, but he's not a superstar and you can play hard all you want. And I respect the Miami here for playing hard. That's that Pat Riley old school style, but you got to have talent at some point when you want to cross that threshold of going to the NBA finals, which they did. Now, some people may call it a fluke, and I wouldn't dispute that because when they went to the finals, it was in the the bubble, the COVID year, and they haven't been back since. But nevertheless, I got the Bucks and the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals. And 
who I got winning, I, I got the Sixers winning. James Harden, his years are running out. He played well this season. He led the league in assists. Joel Embiid is on the MVP tear. I hope he wins one MVP before his career is over. But I believe the reason why he won't win it because of James Harden and how well he's played, leading the league in assists. As I mentioned, the players might look at that as, look, you had the second best player out of the other two when in consideration who should win MVP, even though he balled out, speaking on Joel Embiid. And I believe it's time. Joel Embiid, James Harden, they go to the NBA Finals with their coach, Doc Rivers. Now, to the, to the Western Conference. You got the Pelicans and the OKC Thunder. The winner of that will play the Nuggets. Then you got the Lakers and the T-Wolves. The winner of that will play the Grizzlies. For the Western Conference, man, this is tough. <laughs> this is tough because the West is so wide open this season. Literally, every team other than I would say the Kings because they have lack of experience. And even Grizzlies, even Memphis to an extent because they're cocky. They have no humility. They, they, they need some humility in that locker room. Look at all the drama that happened with, with, with John Morant and the gun. I forgot the other. I think Dylan Brooks. There we go. Dylan Brooks with Shannon Sharp. And I believe this year they just need to do what they need to do best. And play hard. I believe that's what they'll do. But I don't believe they'll win because of the chemistry and the leadership. And they don't have it. John Moran obviously is their best player. But he is not a leader. At least not yet. Then you got the Warriors. Can never count them out. The greatest and the best team in the last decade. Won the NBA title last year. Got all their players. They're healthy. I'm not sure about Andrew Wiggins, where he is mentally. I'm not going to get into the rumors why he took a sabbatical from the team, but that's something to consider because I believe if he didn't get the COVID shot, the sellout, he, he sold out. You could look it up. He sold out. <laughs> and I may have done an, an episode on that or at least touched the, the topic. <laughs> I'm not going to get into rumors. Well, yeah, here's my own also a train of thought. If he doesn't play last season, they don't win the NBA title. They do not win. They do not win. Then you got the Clippers. You got Paul George. He's out at least for the first round. Now the Clippers, they got heart. That year, they went to the conference finals. Kawhi got hurt, and they still made it to the conference finals when they, I believe they beat Utah and then lost to the Suns in the conference finals. You got Denver. They're playing well, obviously. And then you got the Pelicans. Again, is Zion going to play? That's the key because if the Pelicans are going to play Zion, then they got a shot, in my opinion. Not a legit shot, but around a dark, a dark horse. They got the Thunder. 
they're they're not gonna make it. They're just too young. <laughs> you got the Lakers. That that's a dark horse in my opinion. If, if they could get into the playoffs, I, they're not dangerous, but I would give them a great shot to make the conference finals. Probably forty percent, forty fifty percent, because they got AD and LeBron and DeAndre Russell with with that trade, and they got a nice collective unit. And they got the t- Timberwolves. <laughs> After that situation with Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert, they're not winning anything. <laughs> and plus, they're too young. So, who do I got making the conference finals? I got the Phoenix Suns. And I got... Oh, man, this is tough. <laughs> this is really tough. The Phoenix Suns, and I, I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors. I, I, I'll go with Golden State because just that pedigree, just the experience, they've been there, they've done that. Golden State, they'll beat Sacramento. I have no doubt about that. And... In the semi-conference finals, it'll either be, in my opinion, the Lakers or the Grizzlies. I, I believe they'll beat either team. But that, that, that's an interesting way to get to the conference finals, at least for the Lakers and the Warriors. Because, as I said, the West is so wide open. You could pick anyone, and I wouldn't argue against it. And I picked the Suns because, again, Katie's on there. They, they got him for a reason. Chris Paul's time clock is running out. He's getting older. He's not going to play as well, I believe, next year. I mean, it's time. It, it is time for Chris Paul to win a ring. And if I were to root for any team other than my Brooklyn Nets, I'm rooted for the Suns because I, I want Chris Paul to get that championship. He's earned it. He's a top five point guard, in my opinion. They got the talent. They got the coach. And they got the players. They got a great score. Excuse me. And Devin Booker. He got a Hall of Fame point guard in Chris Paul. They got a Hall of Fame all-time great talent in Kevin Durant. And you got a, a, a good to nice center, DeAndre Ayton. Now, I believe he will be the X factor. If he needs to play well for the Suns to win the championship. And that's if everyone is healthy. If everyone's healthy, he'll be the X factor. He needs to play well. So then you got the Suns and the Warriors in the conference finals. And then I'm going to take the Suns because I believe KD will be motivated against the Warriors to beat them, outplay them. And for the Suns, they'll be motivated as well with Kevin Durant being more of a lead-by-example type of basketball player, similar to Kawhi Leonard. So I got the Suns and plus... With the Warriors, how their season began, I, I believe it will eventually catch up to them. 
again, I don't trust Draymond. He's slowing down. I, I, I believe he won't play well this season. So with that, I got the Suns over the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. So then, you got the Finals. Suns and Sixers. And my winner for the 2023 NBA Championship is... The Phoenix Suns. They will win. Barring injury, obviously. <laughs> Barring injury, obviously. And that will be the key. Unfortunately, that will be the key. And you can say that for any other team in the NBA. But more so with the Suns. Because each player, specifically Chris Paul and KD, have a history of getting injured, especially Chris Paul in the playoffs. I mean, this dude, in some way, shape, or form, somehow, at some point, the dude get hurt. The dude gets hurt. He gets injured. He pulls something. He sprains something. It's always Chris Paul, it seems. But I believe with that talent. And with that coach, yes, KD got hurt in the regular season again with the Suns. But not even in a game, in a warm-up, he slipped. But they they've had a great record with KD. They may have gone undefeated or lost a game or two, but they played well. And, man, just the talent. And they got a great coach in Monty Williams. And they know, they know time's running out. And they got to win. They got to win. I'm not saying they lose, they can't win next year. But again, Chris Paul, he's getting older. KD is getting older. He's, he's, he's hurt a lot more. DeAndre Ian, I don't even know if his, if his heart was in it. I don't know. Devin Booker is the only consistent one out of the bunch. So I believe the Suns will go on the run this season. I mean, this playoff season. They will get to the conference finals. They will beat the Warriors and they will beat the 76ers. Philadelphia 76ers in the NBA finals. Chris Paul gets his ring. KD, in some people's eyes, validate himself. Because many people believe that he coattailed the Warriors to championship and they got an asterisk on it. Look, if we're going to nitpick on it, I'll give it to you. But man, if you win, you win. (laughs) If you win, you win. But this will be similar to when Steph Curry finally won the finals MVP. Because many people... Hit him hard on that. And when he got that finals MVP, it pretty much validated his whole career. And he could retire right now and be a full ballot, first could be first ballot Hall of Famer. But with KD, he wins a championship for the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul gets his ring. They beat the 76ers. And the Phoenix Suns will be your 2023. 
NBA champions. So that was the 2022-2023 NBA regular season recap. We went over what I believe who will win the regular season rewards. Oh, and KD will win the finals MVP. Real quick. Almost forgot about that. KD will win the finals MVP. So we went over that. We went over the playoffs. We went over predictions, recap from my preseason picks, and there you go. And again, just a recap, just in case you lost track, I got Mike Brown winning coach of the year. I got Emmanuel quickly winning sixth man of the year. I got Palio winning rookie of the year. Palio Bancher, rookie of the year. I got Brooke Lopez winning defensive player of the year. Shea Gilgis Alexander, most improved player of the year. And I got Nikola Jokic winning the most valuable player. I got the Bucks and the 76ers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Bucks making it to the, excuse me, the 76ers making the NBA Finals. Got the Suns and the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Got Suns winning. Suns versus 76ers. Got the Suns winning the NBA championship. I hope that all of you had a great time with this episode. I hope you learned something. I hope you have fun. I hope to know what your predictions are. If you want to share it, you can leave it in the comment section below. And also, since you're there, and if you decide to go there, please leave a five-star rating. I would greatly appreciate that. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget... To follow me on all of my social media platforms if you desire. So, ladies and gentlemen, stay blessed and stay well balanced. Thank you. <laughs>